Friends, welcome to the Slaking Thirst podcast, where you'll find the homilies, talks, and reflections of Father Ryan Mann and Father Patrick Schultz of the Diocese of Cleveland. Slaking Thirst is all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, which is also a divine heart, seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts will meet and both thirsts will be slaked. Thanks for joining us on the journey into Christ's desire for us. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Since it was preparation day, in order that the bodies might not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath day of that week was a solemn one, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs be broken and they be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and then of the other one who was crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs, but one soldier thrust a lance into his side and immediately blood and water flowed out. An eyewitness has testified and his testimony is true. He knows that he is speaking the truth so that you also may come to believe. For this happened so that the scripture passage might be fulfilled. Not a bone of it will be broken. And again, another passage says, they will look upon him whom they have pierced. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. Booby trap this. Hold on. Okay. All right. Solemnity of the Sacred Heart, our parish feast day. I am so stoked to be celebrating the feast day with you this year. I, uh, I, I, if I don't tell you enough, I love this parish. I love being your priest. I love, love, love this parish. And, uh, it was, it was around this time last year, like right before the Feast of Sacred Heart, that I got, my, um, I got the phone call from the diocese, and they were telling me that I was being reassigned to, to Sacred Heart. And so, like, it's just cool. I don't know. Like, I'm just really, really just so overjoyed and excited to be celebrating our parish feast day together. I love this family. So, all right, let's dive in. There's so much to talk about. Um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you at the start of this homily, the, like the punchline of the homily. Uh, the, I'm going to give you like the thesis statement um, I'm going to give you the end first, because hopefully that'll help, like, okay, where's he going? All right, so that's good. I'm just kind of throwing you a bone here at the beginning. So here's the thesis statement that I want to kind of work out. All right. The fact that God has revealed his heart to us in Christ, the fact that, like, Jesus offers us his sacred heart. Um, so often when you see images depicting the sacred heart of Jesus, you literally see him, like, as it were, holding his heart like offering it, you know, like as, a, as like a gift being given. Um, the fact that Jesus is offering us his heart, the fact that Jesus gives us such total access to his heart reveals, if anything, that the Lord desires profound, staggeringly profound intimacy with us. Like the Lord desires staggeringly profound intimacy with you 
Like you, like you and your particularity. Like that's the punchline, that's the thesis statement, that's the finish line that I want to work towards. And there's, some, there's something about that, honestly, like as I was praying with that and thinking about it, that is, that is quite honestly like terrifying. The idea that God wants to be that close to me, I think so often, like we're okay with the idea of like friendship with Jesus or kind of that Protestant notion, personal relationship with Jesus. All that's great and fine. Or the notion of like I'm working for Jesus in the kingdom, I'm laboring in the vineyard, or like I'm a warrior for Jesus. He's the general, I'm a soldier on the battlefield fighting demons. All that's fine, all that's good. But in the final analysis, like the deepest longing and desire in the Lord's heart is an intimacy that's terrifying. He just wants to inch closer and closer and closer. And it's like that reaction that Peter has when Jesus does that miraculous draft of fishes. It's Peter who suddenly sees that he's the Lord. He says, depart from me, Lord, from a sinful man. Or Isaiah, when Isaiah has this mystical vision of Yahweh in the temple. And same thing, he says, depart from me, Lord. I'm a man of unclean lips, living amongst a people of unclean lips. Like, when we grasp how deeply the Lord wants relationship with us, it's, it's quite something. So, all right, so that's where we're headed. Now, let me back up and, like, uh, do kind of like a running start to get there. Okay, so now you know where this homily is going, all right? That's, you're already, like, halfway there. All right, so let's start with this. We, every single person, every single one of us, we all have this fundamental innate desire. St. Augustine says it's the... Like the deepest, most profound longing in the human heart, this innate desire to know and to be known. To know and to be known. Another way to put that is we have, like I said, this fundamental orientation, this longing for intimacy. Intimacy. That's what we were made for. We were made by a God who is a Trinitarian union and communion of life and love, where from before all time, the Father has been pouring everything out to the Son. The Son, in return, has been receiving everything from the Father, and the gift, the exchange between them two is so super substantial, it's the third person. We were made in the image and likeness of that God who is love, and therefore, the architecture of the human heart says, I am here, I am made for, I am fulfilled by Intimacy, this loving, knowing, and being known by another. Like at what level? At, at the depths. At the deepest of places. In other words, like the heart. At the heart of your heart. At the heart of my heart. At the heart of every person that has ever lived. Is a longing for like, I want my heart to be known. I want to be known, and I want to be seen, and I want to know and see another. It's a longing for intimacy. It's at the heart of the heart. And biblically speaking, when we're talking about the heart, the Hebrew word for heart is lev. It's spelled L-E-B, lev. B is pronounced like a V, just to confuse you. Okay, moving on. All right, so we've got the lev, the heart. The heart in the Bible, it's referred to over and over again, but in the Bible, the heart is that hidden inter- inner center where I am. It's the, in, the hidden inner place where I am alone. It's where my story is held. It's the reservoir of all of my memories, my hopes, my dreams, my thoughts, my feelings, desires, wounds, and shame, and regret, and everything in between, all of the heirlooms that I've picked up along the way in life, right? That's, that's the heart. It's that deepest part of me. It's a place that's inaccessible to you, unless I give you access to it. The heart is an inviolable place that exists in the heart of each of us, right? And here's the thing. In this fallen world that we live in, 
How do we, as fallen human beings, satisfy that deepest of longings to know and be known, that longing for intimacy? Well, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people, because of all sorts of reasons, who decide that it's just not worth the risk. There's a lot of folks who decide that it's not worth the risk. Like the pain associated with like letting someone in past the walls, past the guards, past the defenses, the pain associated with like coming out from hiding, the pain associated with vulnerability is just too much. And so what often happens, these people that you know and I know, that you and I love, they render themselves unknowable and therefore unlovable. They refuse to let themselves be loved, and so they wall themselves off in these isolation prisons, hidden behind all sorts of defenses. They become like human armadillos, and it's so painful. There's other folks, though, right? There's other of us who who overcome that fear of, of vulnerability, that fear of rejection, that fear of being seen, and right, and and we share our hearts. That's the language you use. I want to share my heart. And we share our hearts. We can't do it all at once. We do it bit by bit, right? We do it piece by piece. We do it story by story by revealing this piece and this memory. And you let someone in in this way, right? You give someone like this security clearance badge as you give them access deeper and deeper into your own world. And depending on who you are, you get a higher level security clearance badge into my heart, right? If you're a complete stranger, like the person sitting next to me on the plane the other day, you're not getting any security clearance badge. You are kept out, right? I'm not even telling you my name, kind of a thing. Because if I tell you I'm a priest, then I'm going to have to talk to you for like five hours, right? And that's just, you're trapped in an aluminum can 3,000 feet above. Anyway, moving on. It's, it's always dangerous. The Holy Spirit's all right, like, all right, Patrick, we're putting next to you this angry ex-Catholic nun, and you're going to be talking to her for three hours on the plane. Sweet. Okay. But those, there's people that we give that security clearance badge to, right? We let people in. We let people in. We let friends into our hopes, our joys, our good days, maybe our sad days. And depending on you are, I might even let you into my pain, into my weakness, But rarely do we let someone into our shame, that deepest of place or that deepest parts of our hearts, right? Because we know this process of coming out from hiding, of sharing our heart, of letting ourselves be known, requires immense vulnerability and so much trust, a willingness to take the risk of being hurt. The word vulnerability literally means a willingness to be wounded. A willingness to be wounded. But here's the thing, right? Growth in intimacy, intimacy, happens to the degree that we're willing to become more and more vulnerable before another, more and more spiritually naked, if you will, more and more unmasked, more and more, uh, yeah, all of those things. And it's a process, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process that takes time, story by story, bit by bit. It takes lots and lots of words communicating the innermost things, right? For those of you who are married, Like, you know this, right? You know this way more than I just, you know, dumb celibate up here, right? But you know this, right? Think about your relationship. Think about where you and your spouse are now versus where you were when you first met. When the, like, maybe you knew something about this other person before you started dating. But then as that dating process begins to unfold, you start to, like, share your heart. And you start letting this other person in. 
Think about where you were in that, da- that dating season, that engagement season. Maybe one, during engagement, like things came out, stories came out that's like, whoa, I didn't know that was in there, right? Like, there's this revelation that happens slowly by slowly, s- slowly bit by bit. Think about where, like, all the life you lived between then and now and, like, how deep the intimacy is now because of all of the words, all of the sharing, all of the revealing of your heart. Making your innermost known. Okay, so why, why am I talking about all this on the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart? Well, I want, to, I want you to imagine for a moment that, like, imagine if you weren't a limited, finite human creature, Right? By limited, I mean in the sense that in order to reveal your heart, you have to do it bit by bit, over time, story by story, lots of words. Imagine, for example, uh, that you're God. Not a big stretch for some of you, I'm sure. Okay. (laughs) Imagine that you're God, and you're not limited. You're not limited by your human finitude. And imagine you have the ability to reveal the full depth of your heart, not by a speaking of thousands of millions of words, but imagine you had the ability to speak, to utter one definitive word that fully revealed your entire heart, that put it fully out on display. Imagine you had that ability to fully express your heart, express, to push out your heart. Now just think for a second, think how John begins his gospel, right? John, in the beginning was the word... The Word was with God and the Word was God. All things came to be through the Word. And then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Like God the Father, in order to tell us, in order to reveal to us, to show us the hidden, show us everything that was hidden in his heart from before time, he didn't have to speak a multitude of words. He spoke and uttered but one word, and it became flesh. Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, the Word made flesh, is the revelation, the fullness of the Father's heart. Like what I hope you can see, what I hope you're tracking with me right here, right now, is that like this staggering truth that Jesus does not have a sacred heart. Jesus is the sacred heart. He doesn't have like this glowing, beating orb thing. This, this is not the devotion of the like holy organ of like Jesus' humanity. Jesus is the sacred heart. He is the expression. He is the full manifestation. He is the making visible, the hidden invisible riches of the Father's heart. That's who he is. He is what the Father is like. Do you follow me? That's what he is. Jesus is the Father's heart on full display. Jesus is the vulnerability of God. Like he is the risk. He is the risk that God the Father took to make himself known, the vulnerability of God, the willingness to be wounded. So like in his life with Mary and Joseph in the home of Nazareth, in his preaching, in his teaching, in his miracles, in all of it, he is making the Father's heart known. But nowhere does the sermon of the word take on fuller eloquence than on the cross, in the passion and the death of Jesus. Like why would God do this? Why would he allow himself, why would you allow yourself, God, to be arrested, to be scourged, to be mocked and humiliated and dragged before kings and governors? Why would you finally allow yourself to be crucified and then speared in the side to have your heart pierced and punctured? 
Because it's as if God is saying, because there was no other way for God to communicate his heart to us than by letting it be pierced. It's like he's saying, don't you see, don't you see, like, I desire to give you unfettered access to the Father's heart. I desire to give you unfettered access to my heart. I will let you in all the way. I will let you pierce my heart. When John says blood and water flowed from his side, what he's telling us, you know, a doctor was was telling me once that, that, that it's anatomically correct, this whole notion of water also flowing out of his side, because there's a sac, right? There's a sac that surrounds the heart. It's called a pericardium. It's a fluid-filled sac that under trauma would have swelled, and when that was pierced, that's what burst out the water. And this doctor once told me that the pericardium, it has a lot of anatomical purposes, but the, in a word he said, it's the heart's last line of defense. How awesome is that? It's like Jesus is saying, I'm letting you, I'm letting you in past my last line of defense. I am giving you complete access to me and through me to the Father. There is nothing I'm holding back from you. There's nothing I'm withholding from you. I'm letting you in all the way. There is no other way that God could have communicated this to us. We who are so fearful and scared of him because of the fall, so convinced that he's a taker, that he's our enemy, that he's our rival, he's saying, I don't know how else to communicate this to you other than I'm going to give you myself, I'm going to give you my heart, and I'll let you puncture it and pierce it. And like the sacred heart of Jesus that was lanced open, his side that you see there on the cross, that's not just a wound for us to talk about and contemplate. That wound in his side is a doorway. It's an invitation. It's beckoning us to this relationship of intimacy. Do you see how Jesus, in his incarnation, is the Father saying, I'm holding back nothing at this point. I've given you everything, and I'm giving you everything and I'm holding back nothing. And will you give me your heart now? Like the vulnerability of God is coming to us in the Eucharist in this Mass. It is being given to us in the Eucharist in this Mass. This is the feast of intimacy, is what the Mass is. It's the feast of intimacy. And just think like the risk the Lord constantly takes in becoming flesh in the Eucharist for us every single day, every single Sunday. He he comes as a beggar. He's not giving his heart in pieces in this Mass. He's not saying, okay, I'm going to give you 10% this Sunday. Come back next Sunday. I'll maybe give you like another 10 or 20. It's all of it. And he's simply asking, I'm simply asking, this is what pierced my heart this week, is, is the question, is his vulnerability going to be met by our vulnerability? Is his raw nakedness going to be met by our spiritual nakedness? Is his gift of his heart going to be received and reciprocated in kind? His heart is broken. It's bare. It's open. It has a wound in its side, and it is just beckoning us. Meet me here, he says, in this place of vulnerability, in this feast of intimacy. He's giving his heart. Holy Spirit, give us the grace to give him our hearts. Amen.